Welcome to day four of our look together through Revelation chapter seven. This is our view from heaven of these events that are happening on earth, this destruction that's unfolding on earth. God's giving us a sort of a spiritual breather, a perspective this week. And we've looked at three different groups, and these groups are giving us some truths that you and I can build our security on. We looked at four angels that reminded us that God is in control. We look at 144,000 Jewish believers that reminded us that God is at work through human history. And now, today, we're going to look together at a multitude of believers in heaven. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 12. Let me read those verses for you. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. This picture of what's happening in heaven, this great multitude of those who've come to know Jesus Christ from every nation, tribe, people, and language. This reminds us of a very powerful truth about who God is and what God's doing in this world. I need to trust that God's in control. I need to trust that God's at work in human history. But I, I need to trust a third thing. I need to trust that God's greatest concern is our salvation. His greatest concern is bringing more people to know him so that we can spend eternity with him. He has no greater concern than that. That is why he patiently waits and allows evil in this world, allows us to suffer in this world so that more people can come to him. That's why he's going to allow the world to go through this at the end of time so that more can come to him. God's greatest concern is our salvation. That is why he sent his only son to a cross, to suffer death there, to give his life there, to take our sins upon himself there. He has no greater concern from beginning to end. The control of God and the plan of God in human history is seen pointing in one direction, and that is this concern, this heart for our salvation. Now, this picture of salvation is very powerful in these verses, and I love the picture. I love what happens in heaven. Here, this multitude, every nation, tribe, and language, just imagine being with them there. You're going to be with them there, and we're all standing, and we're worshiping the Lamb who's on the throne. We're worshiping the God who has saved us. And as we worship, the Bible says they're holding palm branches in their hands, and they're talking about salvation. Now, you can't help but be reminded of a picture when you see palm branches and Jesus and people shouting out. You can't help but be reminded of the picture of Jesus walking into Jerusalem the week that he's going to give his life for us. The beginning of that week, he walks in. You remember? And the people are waving the palm branches and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means literally save us, save now, save us, save now, begging for salvation from Jesus. And here we have a very different picture. We have people who have been saved by him, surrounding him on his throne, holding these palm branches, rejoicing in who he is. And now they're saying salvation belongs to our God. You see the difference? When Jesus marched into Jerusalem, the people were begging. They were pleading, save us. They were hoping against hope for something they thought might not happen. But here in heaven, the people of God, 
And just imagine it, every language. You're hearing this in every language and probably understanding in every language in heaven, every tribe, every nation. You're looking around and seeing people from all of human history, from every human culture, and they're all saying together, salvation belongs to our God. Not we, we wish that it could happen. We hope against hope that it could happen. No, we know that it has happened. It belongs to our God. He has accomplished it, and we celebrate it here together in his presence forever. God's greatest concern is our salvation, and he is going to accomplish that concern. That's what his work is all about in human history. That's what his work is all about in your life, in your history. That's what his work is all about in the history of every person you're going to meet today. Oh, they think it's about something else, them being this success or them having this failure or them gaining this material good or them making up for this thing that their family did in the past or whatever their, whatever their plan for history is. But that's not God's plan. God's plan for human history, God's plan for your history, God's plan for the history of every person you're going to meet today is salvation. He wants to bring us back to him. And he wants, he wants us to enjoy that relationship with him for all of history. And as we enjoy that relationship with him, we're going to say, we're going to pray together this prayer that's in verse 12. He's repeating again this prayer that we looked at earlier in the book of Revelation, these seven qualities. But I want to go back to it. The prayer, amen, and then these seven qualities. One, praise. Two, glory. Three, wisdom. Four, thanks. Five, honor. Six, power. And seven, strength. All of those be to our God. I don't want you to miss these. If you and I are going to have the right perspective as we look at the seven seals and the seven trumpets and the seven bowls, then you've got to live it in light of these seven responses to the salvation of God. Now, we get more interested in the seals and the trumpets and the bowls because we don't understand them. We're trying to figure them out. But if you're going to understand them, you've got to live it in light of these responses to the salvation of our God. So as you live your day to day, let me just remind you of these seven things. These belong to our God. How are you going to live these out in your life today? How are you going to live out praise in your life today? Even right now in your mind, God, I praise you for who you are. Praise is a lot of things. One of the things it is that it focuses on is thanking God for who he is, a patient God, a loving God, a gracious God. Praise, glory. You live it in light of his glory, the greatness of who God is, greater than any problem you're facing, greater than any victory you've ever had, greater than your entire life and the life of every person you're going to meet, greater than the life of every person who's ever lived on this planet. That's the glory of God. You live in light of that. Wisdom. It belongs to God. Are you looking to God for wisdom? Or are you looking just to yourself or to somebody else? Live life in light of that truth. Thanks. That belongs to God. Thanking God for the circumstances of your life. Oh, you're probably like me. You can easily find things to not thank God for, to grumble about. But the truth of the matter is, every day of my life, there are a thousand things to thank him for. Am I going to live light, my life in the light of my grumbling or in the light of my thanksgiving and honor? That belongs to God. Am I giving him honor today? Am I thinking about him today? Or am I too rushed, so rushed I don't have time to think? The fact that you're listening to this, listening to Drive Time Devotions today says something about the desire you have to honor him, honor him through the day. It belongs to God. Power belongs to God. We think power belongs to us. It doesn't. It belongs to God. Ultimate power does. We think if we can make ourselves feel more powerful, we'll feel better about ourselves. We never will. The only way to feel joyful about who you are is to recognize you're living life in light of the power of God. 
the power he wants to put into your life to be the person he's made you to be. You live that today. And then strength. Where are you going to find the strength to say yes to the things you need to say yes to today? Where are you going to find the strength to say no to the temptations that you need to say no to today? Strength belongs to our God. Not just now, but this verse reminds us forever and ever. So as we walk through the signs and the trumpets and the bowls, don't forget these seven responses to who God is. In fact, let's just pray them back to God right now. God, we just repeat this prayer to you. It is all for you. Salvation belongs to you, our God. You are the one who sits on the throne. It belongs to the Lamb, to Jesus Christ. And so we say to you, our Father, that praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength, they are to you forever and ever. And so let that be seen in my life today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Make sure you join us for day five of our look through this chapter. We're going to look tomorrow at some of the greatest promises in all the book of Revelation. Revelation. 